Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour podcast. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I am joined by my husband and co-host. The Kev on stage. They're laughing because that's like our fourth take in 30 seconds. <laughs> um, and we are joined today by a very special guest, Miss Nicole Ward. Hi. LMFT. <laughs> Which I just found out what LMFT stood for. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why I didn't know before. Marriage and family therapist. Physical is a P. <laughs> it's Okay. <laughs> Um, and as you know, this month we are. Wait, do you counsel children? I used to. Are you open? <laughs> Our son, we think needs a. Um, I do think he needs a he counselor. Might, and, oh. I, and we and we think a black woman would be the best. I okay. actually have. I I can give you some recommendations. I will so take your, you. re- but I'll it take your recommendations. I will absolutely <laughs> take your recommendations. <laughs> no, I absolutely. Well, we will we'll take your recommendations. You feel me? Yes. I worked for kids for over a decade. Did really? you really? Why you stop? And then I went into private practice to work with adults. Um, working with kids is great, but adults is, and couples, relationships, that's where my passion's at. Uh, I love yeah. it. Hold on. Let me turn Yeah, on. mine was buzzing too. Sorry. It was my sister. Okay. Um, as you know, for the month of February, we are taking the stigma out of sex. We have had really fantastic guests and fantastic conversations this entire month. Um, and we decided to take your questions for the last episode of the month. So thank you to everyone who sent in your questions. Some of these questions I've kind of combined and made one. And then some of them I'm using verbatim, but we ain't going to say our names. So. Mm-hmm. You're safe. You're, <laughs> You're safe. safe this here. Is a safe space. So uh, don't be scared. Uh, and before we get started, I um do want to thank our sponsor open fit yes. for sponsoring today's episode um when you support our sponsors you are supporting us so we always appreciate your support um and before we go into this or that i just really quickly want to say that kevin and i consider ourselves marriage champions we are not um licensed clinical psychologists therapists or any of the things and while nicole actually is uh, do not consider this a substitute for therapy mm. If anything that we are saying today hits home for you and like resonates with you, I definitely recommend reaching out to an actual licensed counselor, therapist that's near you. So that way you can get the appropriate um, attention, therapy, counseling, coaching, et cetera, that you need. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. So as always, we start with a this or that. That Oh, wait, I didn't even give your bio. Hold on a second. Let let me give your... Let me go on and give your accolades. Accolades. Nicole M. Ward is a licensed marriage. You got to look like a guest pastor when she's reading. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yes, yes, Nicole Ward I'll do it is for you a. Because I know you're humble. I'll be her guest pastor. It's, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank We're going to be laughing all day. Uh, is a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in mental. Me, I've been fumbling all day. All right, Specializing okay. in mental health and relationship wellness. Yes. Nicole believes that mental health is a natural and important part of an overall wellness regimen. In addition to being a licensed therapist, she is also a licensed attorney. Hey, black girl magic. <laughs> Nicole. Career. Yes. Nicole is a member of the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists, mm-hmm. and she has worked with clients for over 13 years. Yes, yeah. Yay. Did we welcome... Thank you. Kev, you did that like you, you, we were talking about yeah, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. God bless you. God's just doing a new thing in my life. I'm just grateful. Grateful. Great proxy. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, here we go. So the this or that question that is. That or this. Stop disrespecting. That or this question is. and Liz. Doodly-doo. 
It's time for This or That with Kevin Liz. This or That with Kevin Liz. Tomato. Tomato. Potato. Potato. We choose each other no matter the problem. This or That with Kevin Liz. This or That with Kevin Liz. That's our jingle. Is Would you rather get caught in the act by a cop or your parents? You can go ahead, Nicole. Cop. Cop? That was easy for you. <laughs> That's really easy for me. Cop. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. No questions asked. Because uh, cop, I don't have to ever see them again. There's no really having to explain anything. I would feel less embarrassed. Yeah. I think I would, too. I think I'm going with cop as well. I think I would feel definitely less embarrassed. Kev? Mom. Why your mom? Look at your baby boy. I can't stand I'm all you. Mad now. Dad. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> you feel me? I don't want to get uh, accosted by a police officer because I might end up tased while naked. <laughs> and then I'm going to be on soft in public. Oh, no. And I, I that's just like you. my worst fear. I literally can't stand I don't want to be on soft in public. If it's my mom and dad, like it's going to be embarrassing for them. Not for me. You're not going to be embarrassed. No, I'm going to be like, yeah, you used to change my diaper, but I'm all grown up. I literally cannot. What's good? You feel me? It could be whatever. Okay. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas is going to be weird after that, though. Oh, every time I see them would be weird. Absolutely. But I ain't going to hold you. I don't want no police officer. Isn't it illegal? Is it illegal to have sex in your car or anything? It depends on where you're at. Is it indecent exposure? I was going to say, I thought so, too. Yeah. Decent exposure? Yes. Yeah, I can't. What if I got arrested naked? It's a whole thing. Then I'm in the back of the squad car. The seats are all this, hard You're going to make uh, the shade room. And I'll be in the shade room. If that was the first <laughs> time I ever made the shade room. Yes, social media star. Oh, gosh. Y'all better. That'd be the one time they tag me. They, 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 yeah, they never all tag the time. you. They never tag me. Oh, you're getting all the tags. <laughs> and even if they don't tag you, the comments are just going to be at Kev on stage. At Kev on stage. Melissa, Melissa, you see this? Was you the one in the car? <laughs> better be. Shoot. <laughs> Just kill me then. <laughs> I would too. Um, okay, so I think we're ready to go into our topic, unless Kevin has something he wants to say. No. Oh. <laughs> I think it's too early to say anything yet. Okay, so let's I think go. The first into- question is. Uh, is a good one. Really okay, start. so let's go. So what we've done this week is, um, again, t- took your questions. So I will just go through a few of them and we shall answer and discuss them Amen. together. Okay. So question number one. Do you think you can have good girl syndrome without being a version? And I will provide a little bit of context to this question in case this is your first time joining the podcast. Um, as many of you know, I was a virgin on my wedding day and I have described that as having good girl syndrome because um, I felt brainwashed, to be honest, uh, because I, you know, just grew up thinking that being a virgin was, the, you know, not that it's a bad thing. So I want to be clear that it, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing, but my mentality and my view of sex was definitely tainted and it wasn't in a healthy space. I'll say that. And so once I got married, I was having a very hard time adjusting to, you know, being a wife and embracing my sexuality because I was like so in tune with being a good girl that I was just like, I can't do sex. This is shameful. This is dirty. This is bad. Like this is it's all of these things. And now I'm in this different context in which God is like, no, this is okay now. And my mind was like, no, it's totally fine now. It's not totally fine. And so that was a very hard adjustment. I have a question for you. I never asked you this. 
How long did it take for you for that to wear off? Oh, a long time. Like, to be honest, there is definitely still remnant and residue of that mentality to this day years later absolutely 15 years what happens for me is that it is not just what you are taught to believe it becomes who you are and once something like that is just it's core Mm -hmm. programming and once something like that is like imprinted on your moral fiber it is imprinted on quite literally who you are as a person it colors your whole world the conversations that i have about sex it's colored by this good girl mentality you know what i mean and so then it's just hard to undo Mm -hmm. Um, you feel like you would like you were taught this good girl stuff and then like you like reinforce it on your own more and more and more and more more than the church or your family ever did I think that because my natural personality is a little bit more conservative, mm-hmm. just just kind of my natural demeanor, and I'm very much a rule follower, um, that it was just compounded. Oh, like, gosh, Nicole, you know? she's the absolute no, worst. But, that, okay. but you had a good point, Kevin, because that's what happens is that our own thoughts start to turn into facts for us, and mm-hmm. we just reinforce, reinforce, reinforce whatever the initial message was. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Like her being a rule follower we've been people be trying to hook us up and melissa never recognizes i never even understand the context of the conversation is a wink yes because i'm so into like like, here's my 50 dollars they're like melissa go no i said i have 50 dollars for you you didn't take it i'll be like oh y'all good and she'll be like i need to pay you money if i don't it's illegal and they're like like that yes People have tried to hook us up so many times and she's like, Mm-mm, I don't feel right about it. I'll call the police on you and stuff like that. I'd be like, girl, over exaggerating. You don't see the if her, if you don't wink. No, it has to even be more than a week. It needs to be like, we're going to go into the store and I'm going to hook you up, play along. And I'm like, oh, OK, I got it. <laughs> Otherwise, in I'm just like, oh, I got these shoes. I need to. This literally happened when we were in college and this guy was trying to like hook us up for some shoes. And I was literally like, oh, you didn't take my money. I didn't pay for these. Oh, wow. OK. I mean, I am just completely. Shame from the streets. I mean, Nicole, I missed it. Like me. I have missed the moment completely. completely but it's just yes. like. And not it's it's literally just like I I didn't realize that the the converse like I didn't understand the the undertones of the conversation I missed it. But you know this about yourself, I so do. that's what's important. Yes. I do. I'm and trying to do better, but I don't. Knows this about you, so that's important too. <laughs> but he didn't. He wasn't happy with me always. He I'm, I'm like, sure. <laughs> but you, at least you know it. It's yes. something that's known, and you're not trying to hide it. No. And even being able to joke about it is important. Yes. But I mean, back to being powerful. That's how powerful your mind is. And if you follow the rules, you can set your own rules. That's a good girl. True. The problem is that you realize you can set them, at least for me, later in life. Right. And so you have to still undo the initial training. And then, and so that's part of it too. What we were talking about this earlier is that you, um, the hardest part about relearning something is being confronted with a, and this to me is my definition of brainwashing. It is being confronted with a new truth and not being able to accept it. Mm. Not being able to change your actions and your mentality to match this newfound revelation. And that is like the stronghold, so to speak, of the good girl mentality. It's like, 
I know that sex isn't bad. I know that sex isn't shameful. I know that the teachings that I had before were misinformed and misleading. And, you know, they just are always weren't from um, a healthy space. And that negatively impacted me. I had knowledge. I got that. When it comes to like putting that into place, child, I'm going to revert right back to what was. And that's like the hardest part, I think. And I, and that comes and then what happens is you're like, okay, I know this, I'm gonna try to do better. And then you try to do better. And you're like, well, now I feel shameful. Now I feel guilty. Now I feel like this is like not what I should be doing, because it is going against again, that core programming. Mm -hmm. Counsel me, Nicole, what do we do? I think it's important to recognize <laughs> that um, you know that, but awareness is just one part. And for a lot of people, being aware can actually make it more frustrating. It's I like you were maybe in an invisible box mm-hmm. before and you didn't realize that you were in that box. And then all of a sudden with this awareness, the box stops become stops being invisible and you see where you're at. But then you don't know how to get out yet. That's so, so true. awareness you don't know how to give up step. the box if you're a good girl it makes it hard because you'd be like, I'm good. And I'd be like, but the box and everything feels nasty. But right, <laughs> it's that it's this it's that even the nasty part, right? So it's the good girls. There's the nasty girls, and these labels that go on so them. True. But we can define ourselves mm-hmm. and being able to say, okay, what does being a good girl mean for me? And being able to take away that guilt and shame. Guilt and shame are really powerful. They are. Um, they. This is where shoulds come in, mm-hmm. and like I should do this. I should do that. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do that. Instead of being able to talk about what maybe what you want to do or where your own morals and values are, like being able to be secure in yourself. You know what that's interesting about sex, and we we just have to speak plainly because this is the sex month. There were times where, so me and Melissa, obviously, when we first got married, our sex life was very conservative. Mm-hmm. Um, year one through I don't know first couple of years. So as we started experimenting with more things, Melissa would say like. Um, I would say, you know, let's try this or I would try something and she would like it, but she would be like, stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd be like, girl, I don't, but your body is telling me you like it. She's like, but my mind is saying no. And that incongruence was making the whole act like weird because if you couldn't, if she couldn't accept it mentally, it didn't really matter what like physically, if it was enjoyable, if it is deemed nasty or weird or uncomfortable, then you can't you can't do it. And that was one thing that I had to like learn is like, if you're not comfortable, it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. what you're doing. But so I, I never really thought about it. Like how sex was being framed in like a purity mindset. I just thought like when we were coming up, it was like, are you a freak or not? Nah? You know what I mean? And the other thing is there was like no in between. Right. Like you were either a freak. Like, so like Melissa was really conservative and it was like girls who rejected that was just wild. There wasn't nobody who's just like, I'm kind of open. At least when we were coming up, those labels were like Mm -hmm. either good girl or freak. And, you know, like obviously in everything in life, there's a uh, a scale or a gradient of some of, you know, of some sort. And I think what happened with us is I would get really frustrated. Now, we talk about this a lot, not really frustrated, but a little frustrated. Mainly because I had sex prior to getting married. So, you know, I would be like comparing that. those prior experiences mm-hmm. to my current situation and being like, man, but what? Like, I thought it was going to be Josh, you want to join the podcast or you want to? T- 
Talk to Siri. <laughs> Man, yesterday he was eating a whole sandwich in here. If you want to be it. on the show, pull up a chair and do a new mic. <laughs> and do a new mic. <laughs> I lost my train of thought, but I wasn't really going anywhere anyway. Okay. Did you have anything <laughs> to add to that? I again being able to share that like what you were talking about Kevin mm-hmm. and the fact that Melissa knows that like mm-hmm. there isn't any surprise mm-hmm. in the in the marriage or that it was being held I think yeah. that's really important yeah. so that you two could work through this together even though yes it was your personal journey but being that you were with Kevin mm-hmm. being able to navigate it together so that one person doesn't feel left out or like you feel more ostracized Mm -hmm. if your spouse is like what's wrong with you and I agree a lot of times I know I have felt like or the spouse that kind of struggles with um, sex you often feel like the problem and that um, it Mm. compounds the like the issue like it makes it worse because you feel like i need to be fixed yeah and coming from that mentality it's that's not even a healthy space no. to begin no. you know like uh, no. to a healthy journey no i people say that a lot and i tell them i'm not in the business of fixing people mm. it's about healing and growing wait what's your therapist you gotta fix me i'm broken no no <laughs> people machines break you know, and you might feel broken, but you're not. You're whole. And it's being able to recognize that wholeness and healing and growing from oh there. Oh, my gosh. I just got like a little bit of a revelation because Speaking. the what you're saying is because we really do think of ourselves as being broken. Yeah. Yes. Well, we, and and, pastors, if you're broken. Yes. God can fill yes. you up. I know some of and you are broken. In, um, this is a little bit off topic, but even in being like a single person, if you're not married, you feel like because I'm not married, there's something wrong with me. I am broken. Instead of realizing I am a whole person and there may be things that need to be healed, yes. but there's nothing missing in me. There's nothing missing. there. And I always, that is actually my definition of wholeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. Yes. And so to start from a place of, I am a full, complete individual with nothing missing, nothing broken. There may be some, there may be issues or I don't even know if issues is the right word, but there may be um, things that need to be addressed and healed, but there is nothing broken. There is nothing missing in me that's powerful i agree mm-hmm. i agree yes it's about healing and growth Heal- healing and growth oh i really like that okay do we want to add anything there oh i wanted to say that um the like a practical thing with like overcoming the good girl syndrome at least for me was education like directly confronting my core programming head on it was very like eye opening and awakening for me because you end up in your own like echo chamber. Mm-hmm. I grew up this way. I'm surrounded by people who believe what I believe. I go to church with people who believe I believe. My friends also naturally are going to believe. You know what I mean? Like, yes. and so you have your own echo chamber of what I believe, and it's just compounded like all the way around. And then you read something, and it's like, wait, what? I didn't even I never thought of that. I I never even considered this alternative to what I believe. And being confronted with that while it's uncomfortable and it's challenging, it's necessary for growth. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it has a, it actually has a clinical name. It's called cognitive dissonance. Mm. And people navigate it through it different ways. They either when confronted with something that's different, they go through that feeling of uncomfortable and continue to pursue through it to mm-hmm. find out more or it's too uncomfortable and they shut down and stick with what they believe in the face of any kind of counter evidence to it. Yeah. Don't shut down. 
keep going. Mm-hmm. That's what we're saying. In in the in the interest of being open and honest, I need I need to be honest with you guys and and our listening audience. It's um it's the end of the second month of the year. Uh, Melissa just bought the tickets for us to go to Hawaii, and I was supposed to be in shape. I was looking through my throwbacks, and I saw I was heavy at the last Hawaii. And I remember last time Josh took this Did picture you really? of me. Yes. <laughs> Josh took this picture of me. It was hilarious and stuff. But I was like, whew. By next Hawaii, I'm going to be fit. Okay. Next Hawaii is, is on its way. <laughs> okay. I looked at myself in the mirror today. Pretty much going to look like I looked last year. <laughs> last year. <laughs> when I was in Hawaii. Okay. But I love myself. That's I love my body. There's nothing broken. There's nothing broken. There's some things that are bigger <laughs> and smoother that could be strong and hard. So uh, luckily, we have a relationship with Open Fit. Yes, we do. And the one time that I was super in shape was with Open Fit. Because why? Because one, it was really easy for me. So obviously, I'm on tour right now, going into our second month, and I travel like crazy. So even going to the gym seems like a lot. A lot of times the gym is only 15 minutes from my house, but it just seems. And honestly, I going. actually think that that's the biggest thing about gym is that it's a whole process. It is the getting up. It is the getting dressed. It is the leaving the house. It yes. is the going out. Like it's a whole process. And that's what it's not like once you're in the gym, you can garner the energy to do what you have to do. But getting there. Child, that mental... Leaving the house when it's cold in the winter takes a certain level of discipline I don't always have. Facts. The house is warm. And with Open Fit, you have all these workouts from various levels of experience or intensity. As uh, And I, I was going to say common relaxing as yoga... They but, do have yoga. Yeah, but yoga can be intense. Oh, oh, gotcha. Like, I was like, when I first started Open Fit, I used to skip the yoga days because I was like, I'm going to go harder, harder. And my boy, who's a, a trainer, was like, did you do the yoga? And I was like, nah, that's easy. He was <laughs> like, have you done it? I was like, nah, bro, I do the hard stuff only. <laughs> he was like, do the yoga. Hardest thing on there. Like, not hard, but like, when you, yeah, like, yeah. holding your body still and breathing comfortably, like, <laughs> 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 it's, it's tough. So luckily, um, I lost a good amount of weight because I was consistent. Yes. Because all I had to do was come downstairs, go to my living room, turn on a DVD or go on the website, pick out exercise and be consistent with most things. If you are consistent with consistent it, you will see results. Nothing Absolutely. is overnight and nothing is automatic. But if you're consistent, it's a lot easier. And it's easier to be consistent with um, Open Fit because they have so many different workouts and so many different levels, so many different times. And it's convenient. And it's convenient. That's the biggest thing. You can do it from anywhere, anytime, hotel, at home, wherever you are. Open up your computer. You can do it. And that's what makes it easy. So Open Fit has changed the way I work out. And with my co- code LOVE, you can join me on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use my code LOVE, L-O-V-E, and start using Open Fit for your journey to a healthier life today right now during the open fit 30-day challenge my listeners get an extend a special extended 30-day free trial membership to open fit where you can lose up to 15 pounds in 30 days you should do this before hawaii 15 pounds in 30 days yes because hawaii is in one oh, april we yeah we should all do the open fit challenge let's do it and we have ads hawaii with them for a while eight weeks away okay exactly. let's do it Matter i'm fact, down from today it's literally about eight weeks away are you down joshua is there still time yes Hawaii. Okay, join our. I want to go to Hawaii looking like The Rock and not the. You pig. can lose up to fifteen pounds in thirty days, and they have nutrition. Um, and uh, nutrition is 
so important. Yeah, that's just as important as working. Low key, it's like it. more important. Open fit okay, Joshua, challenge. you're down. Josh I don't want to lose 15 pounds. I'm going to do the gain muscle one. Okay, I want to lose 15. Okay, here we go. 15 pounds in 30 days. I'm in. Joshua, no, I need your out loud. It's the only way it counts. I am. Okay. <laughs> when you so text at love to 303030. Yes, right now. You get a free 30 day trial. Okay, you will get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information, totally free, Joshua, listeners. Again, just text LOVE, that's L-O-V-E, to 303030, and we're going to do it, and we're going to check in every podcast episode. Cool. All right. All right. Next question. Spouse, okay, so this is like the general synopsis of the question. Me and my spouse have opposite schedules, and as a result of our opposite schedules, our sex life has taken a hit. He feels like um, his wife isn't giving him the sex that he, enough sex, and she feels like he isn't giving her the words of affirmation and non-sexual touches she desires. Do we have any recommendations on how to resolve this conflict? I look for the call first. So I will say this, that I think that this is a very common problem in relationships because work is a hater on intimacy. (laughs) Kids are a hater on intimacy. Kids are haters, period. Um, Church can be a hater to intimacy. Chores can be a hater. Like all of these things are um, competing for your time and your attention. And when you are, I used to say this all the time, I no longer work a traditional nine to five. But when I did, I always felt like I give the best of me and the best hours of my day to this job. It is hard to garner enough energy to figure out a second win to give something to my family. And it shouldn't be that way. But when you're at work, like at least for me, like I am trying to do all the things and I'm trying to do it at a high level. And then when you get home, you just want a minute to like, oh, I need to breathe for a second. But also the kids have homework and the dishes need to be done and dinner needs to be cooked. And then your husband is looking for your attention and you're just like, how can I juggle all of these things? And it just makes it difficult. And because the biology, biologically speaking, men and women are different in like the sexual way, generally speaking, not everybody. Um, It makes it hard. Men can just I'm ready right now. And women need that time of like intimacy and outside connection. It, it just, child, I get it. It makes it difficult. So like navigating that is like, it, that can be a strain on right. your relationship. Yeah. It, and this is a really common problem is being able to talk about it mm-hmm. in an open space. And so I know one of the things that I mentioned is about talking John Gottman, he's mm-hmm. a theorist that works with relationships. If you haven't read none of the things by John Gottman, I definitely recommend. And maybe it's because I'm such a dork and I am like hey, enthused by this speak stuff. Speak to yourself. No, that wasn't negativity. I'm just Call saying like, a dork. No. that can be a positive term. Yes. Well, I thought you'd be on my side. <laughs> I just meant like I enjoy reading. I enjoy reading this stuff, and it may not be something that like an average person is like. Girl, don't nobody want to read that? But because I like genuinely enjoy and like this stuff, I find it kind of fascinating. 
and it, it's great. I mean, because he's done a lot of research with couples. He's worked with over 4,000 couples mm. and doing empirical-based research. But one of the things that I really like is it's called the State of the Union. Mm-hmm. And it's where like you have too. an hour of protective space to talk to your spouse about the state of the relationship. So what's going on in it? You're going to start out by talking about what's going well. So coming with, up with like five things that you appreciate about your partner or even what you appreciate about the relationship and then use that time to talk about what's going on. So when it comes to sex, you can use that as, you know, what's going on with our sex life and being able to have that space to communicate. He also has a book called Eight Great Dates that I have not finished reading because it's very new. And in there, one of the conversations, one of the dates is centered around sex. And so that's just being able to let couples A conversation about sex, not a date of sex. Oh, well. Well, it's up to you how you frame it. it. He only heard that one. He was like, yeah, I like it. It's up to you how you frame it. But it's being able to talk about that. And when you have these conversations outside of the bedroom is what I recommend. A lot of times people have them in the bedroom. (laughs) Um, But it's being able to talk about that and how the realistic pools on our time and just even you can schedule sex i know a lot of couples think that that's weird i know so tell me your feelings on that because i do i know i do feel like oh oh, wait hold on i have a couple things before i get to that because you said something that i thought was really important let's not forget about schedule that's fine don't you can come back put a pin in in it it. okay Okay. um (laughs) the state of the union i really love this idea a lot as a healthy time and space to talk about your relationship one of the things that um that kind of came to mind just now is when we were kids my mom we used to have like family time Mm -hmm. and during family time my mom would also use it as a time for us to like vent our grievances and it would turn into this like I don't want to say yelling match but everyone would end up crying and my mom would end up like fussing because it always ended up being like we had a really good bible study and we all love each other and now you don't clean the kitchen your room is dirty you don't cook and yesterday he stepped on my new shoes and it's kind of like how do we get here um so my question was how do you make that time productive so it doesn't turn into an argument and one of the things but i'm gonna let you talk as an expert not me, melissa um but one of the things i thought of if you if you have already pre-planned um topics or pillars in your relationship so that way it's not like a surprise and it's not new and i don't feel attacked because last week we just talked about how everything was great and this week you want to add this topic in and i wasn't ready and now i'm off guard and now i want to fight you no you (laughs) create an agenda i mean you can do that is being able to make the state of the union also reflective of you and who you are within the relationship, both mm-hmm. partners, mm-hmm. and then uh, how your relationship is flowing. So starting off, I, the reason I recommend those first five is just because you want to have the positive interaction to start it with. Mm-hmm. And then going down the agenda using I statements. I statements. Tell I us statements. about I statements. Um, so instead of saying you did not take out the trash, I was disappointed because the trash was not taken out. Oh, I thought you were going to say I noticed that the trash wasn't taken out by you. <laughs> Which is a nice statement. <laughs> it's interesting how people do that too. Yeah. Fra- we phrase the I statement in the beginning, but then the you still comes in there and it still feels blameless. Right. So if you take the you off the end of it, that statement would have been fine. And then if you want to say what the partner 
if you're talking about what your spouse may have said to you or what you you're going to say, I heard you say Mm. instead of you said, oh, my gosh. So I think that this is really important and really good, especially when you said I was disappointed because when you blame, it becomes defensive. And now I'm just going to prove my point as to why you were wrong. And you're just going to defend your point as to why you're right. And you really get in nowhere instead of saying, um, this is how this made me feel. And I think spouse, I would be more apt to be like, oh, I really didn't mean to disappoint you. I did, really didn't mean to offend you or hurt you or whatever. I apologize. This is what was going on. And it seems like you can have a more productive conversation from that space versus a blaming space, which automatically makes defenses go up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's the point behind it of using the I statements and being able to even say, I heard you say, mm-hmm. because because you're giving the partner an opportunity, number one, to respond in a way that feels more um, complete because you're going to be responding to the emotion that was put out there or being able to correct words like, well, no, actually, I said instead of it being um, blame filled or somebody coming from guilt. And when you describe someone's behavior, if you've noticed, that's mm-hmm. what you describe. Mm-hmm. They're going to attend to that behavior. And then your argument becomes about the behavior and whatever people were feeling gets lost in that. You know what? That happened today. Th- this kind of thing. We w- we're not proficient in I versus you statements mm-hmm. but we were buying tickets for um one of our tour dates right so we were having a conversation mind you we have a lot of stuff going on so we're like having conversations and our, both our minds are running so it was my impression that i said clearly i'm going to buy this particular ticket with miles can you buy the return ticket online because it was two different airlines right mm-hmm. um so i thought i said that right melissa um heard differently and she said, mm-hmm. um, what, uh, she, she said, no, you, you, you asked me, could I do it? Could, 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 could you, her being herself mm-hmm. buy both tickets mm-hmm. using miles and the other, in the other way. So we get into it a little bit, not, not ridiculous. You know, she got out of the car in a huff and she, and I, I did. she got in the car in a huff <laughs> and she got in the shower and I knew she was mad because I slipped in the shower, which I often do. And I banged my elbow like hard. And usually when I slip in the shower, she's like, are you okay? This oh, time I, I slipped in the that. shower, she was just like. I don't even remember that. Be careful with me. <laughs> Crazy, right? So I thought about it more. And I thought to myself, honestly, because Melissa has a really good um, uh, memory of tasks. She doesn't have a great memory for everything. Yeah, I don't. But tasks, she remembers mm-hmm. clearly. So I'm going to speed this story up. Essentially, what happened was I came back in the room and I said, look, I and I also have a history of saying stuff and forgetting how I say it or rewording or whatever. So I said, you know what? Because I couldn't remember if I said it right or she said it right. And I'm, mm-hmm. I, obviously, I was my, I bring this up because Melissa was talking about being defensive. And I was like, you know what? Given our history, it is more likely that I didn't communicate clearly than that you misheard me. So I apologize for um, uh, not communicating, communicating clear, clearly. Right. And she she thanked me. And then she said, uh, when you think you're right, you always come across condescending. So and that's not my intention. And it's also something I'm not aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I don't mean you're dumb. I just really think I'm right. Like and I know myself. <laughs> I know what I said. I don't I ain't saying nothing about you. But I'm saying. But if that same feeling is coming across as as condescension, then it doesn't really matter to me if that's not my intention, if it's still coming across that. So I said, I will work on, cause she said, 
and to her credit, this is true. She said, when I'm wrong, I and I think I'm right, I'll give myself an out and say, well, I don't think I said that, but that could be true. Let's move forward. And you don't do that. You just be like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm kept on stage. Like, she didn't say that part. <laughs> so anyway, we came to an agreement, and I think that was our version of a you statement. Because right. what she wasn't really worried about, which I thought realized later, it wasn't that I was right or she was wrong. It was the way I was talking to her was making her feel mm-hmm. like I was above her. She didn't clearly communicate that. But when she said that part, it became more clear. But it took me apologizing and recognizing my uh, uh, default in that area that got us to that point. Because there's no way she can come. If we both think we're right, then who's going to break the ice to, you know, get us out of this rut? Um, And so I think that's important to say how people's stuff makes you feel. Because I had done this a couple weeks ago when she was doing this. And I told another guest, but I'm going to tell you too. (laughs) She... When she didn't hear me, she'd be like, what? Mm-hmm. Like that. Mm-hmm. Like, what? And I was like, she had been doing it. And I was like, it's no. not quite like that. But it it's is. Funny. It is. Don't. <laughs> Keep going. These are my feelings. Okay. You can have it. So How do you feel when she, when she that? does that, I feel like she don't respect me. I'm uh, like, yo, why are you looking at me like that? I said that in one that? of my examples here. Like, why are you talking? Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is asking you a question. Why? Why is that your response? Right? So she was like, you know what? I don't really, you know that's not my intention and I'll try to work on that. And honestly, I can't remember the last time she did it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know she can't be, she don't hear good. You know, I, I, I just love her it. anyway as her hearing fades. Um, <laughs> I'll love you. Your hair turns gray. I'll still want you if you gain a little weight and if you need that's a hearing music. aid. Um, music so, so I said all that to say that um, <laughs> we, I think we are trying our version of that, but I like what you said. Like when the action stuff happened, how that made me feel, because I don't think people are always aware of how they're, stuff is coming off right you just are you're saying stuff and doing stuff you're not aware of how it affects people and then our relationships because like we don't want to nag we don't want to get into it Mm -hmm. we don't say hey when you do that it makes me feel like this and and that's not my intention so now i can work on it because i want i want my intentions to reflect my motives i mean no that's awesome i mean because what you did is you went to the feelings and you want to be understood right because even though it's like um i'll ask do you want to be right or do you want to be understood and even if someone's like i want to be right when you dig deeper it's still they want to be understood their point to be understood and what the feelings are under there and you're not going to get the you statements correct all the time i don't get them correct all the time in my (laughs) relationship so it's just being able you to pissing me off <laughs> you are it's pissing being able me to off. recognize like the language that you're creating together and yeah. being able to share your realities because your realities are different even though you're in the same relationship so you have to communicate them well, in order i know to i know i was gonna vision. go there yes. now i, I want realities are different even though you're in the same relationship yes. Expound upon that. Yes, point. please do. I love this too. <laughs> um, so basically, it's that you are a whole person mm-hmm. and you have expectations, you have experiences, you have the way that you perceive the world that comes into your relationship. Yeah. Now, yes, you two are creating a shared vision together. But your realities of it aren't always the same based upon your perceptions, your expectations, Mm -hmm. and just who you are as a human. You want to be able to share those realities with one another so that you create the shared vision together and not trying to be perfect. There's no such thing as a perfect couple, no such thing as a perfect spouse. You know what, Nicole? Humans are imperfect. Yes, we were talking about that. (laughs) People think we have a perfect relationship. And actually, since we've been doing the podcast more consistently, people are like, hey, actually, man, thank y'all for for keeping it real Mm -hmm. because people think that. We were talking before we started this and we were saying, like, I disappoint myself all the time. I'm supposed Mm -hmm. to get up early. I'm supposed to go to the gym. 
But if I go to open fit, I can work out at home. <laughs> hey, but I'm not supposed love, to have 30, milkshakes. 30, 30. You know how many times me and Melissa are like, we off milkshakes. No, I no, no that. more. I never said that. I said it. <laughs> you know how easy it is to be like, you want a milkshake? Yes. Like no defense mechanism. And I'd be drinking them and I'd be like, this is so good. I should not have. Why am I eating more burger? I should not have more burger. So if I disappoint myself all the time, it is, it is patently ridiculous to expect I'm not going to disappoint or upset my wife. Right. It's just, we don't, we're, we are two people living, you know, in the same house, but different worlds, different views. Like I'm super ambitious. Melissa is very conservative. Mm-hmm. We're both chasing this goal, which perfect example. And I'm going to let them go on. Cause I feel like I'm taking over the podcast. Talk, we're we're doing this conference, right? Mm-hmm. Love our conference. Melissa's like no fire festival. Let's do a thousand people because I want to make sure we can do it. And I'm like, I know we can do it. 5,000 people. And we're it's both. It's our first one. And you, it's our first one. <coughs> not, in a, not in LA. Okay. Within <laughs> our own realities, those respective numbers are equally ambitious. Yes. yes. Good job. That is true. That was great that I said that. that yes. That is. And for her. <laughs> so, but my equal, my ambitious is like, Kevin, are you crazy? And, and to me, I'm like, a thousand, man, I can do a thousand. That's nothing. Right. But we have to come into agree. Like in order to like actually rent the venue, we have to decide on a number. Mm-hmm. And because of the fire festival, we're going with her number <laughs> because I don't want to be Ja Rule or Billy uh, McFarlane. Billy. Yeah. McFarlane. So but I think that's a really interesting point that you bring up that you're living in the same world with two different realities. Like black people living in America compared to white people. Like, yes, sure. it's the same country, no, but it's a totally different experience for us facts. in a lot of different right. ways. And people don't necessarily do that. We are very internal and internalized things. So looking at how we experience the world as that's how other people yes. are experiencing. And it's not. And especially in the relationship, that gets even more so. Right. But what you guys did is you talked about it. Let me tell you something. I just and had... let's not forget about scheduling sex because I feel oh. like we're getting away from it. Okay. I don't know if it's let me come back. everybody else's mind. Okay, I forgot. So I'm happy you yeah. reminded. Let me just say this really and quickly. Nudes, if we, if you have any oh, therapist stuff. I have to tell her about that too. Because <laughs> okay. it's so, our last sex topic and I don't want to be talking about something else and then we don't get it. Okay, on. I got it. Amen. So listen, I'm going out the revelation that I had just now is that those two separate realities in one relationship is conflict. Mm-hmm. there lies conflict if i see our world shaped this way and it's about later on we have a question actually about it's the next question about having a healthy resolution in a relationship and when you aren't able to you talked about being um specific and being like detailed about like what your vision and what you're looking for and when you can't come to terms with each other i used to watch um the people's court and she used to always say a contract yeah she She said contract i love i used to like love her she loves her i legitimately she wants to deny her house but you're a stand okay i am definitely (laughs) but one of the things she used to always say is that a contract is the coming is the coming together of two minds and i feel like a lot of times in relationships we don't have that coming together Mm -hmm. so i have a reality you have a reality and we don't realize that those realities are different until we need to make a decision or an issue comes up Mm -hmm. and i'm saying we're going to do a conference we're both excited about the conference Mm -hmm. we don't talk about the details Okay, I'm thinking a thousand. I'm thinking three thousand. 
wait, what? Why would you be thinking why that? Would you, well, why would you be thinking that? And there goes the conflict. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we don't have like specific conversations. We're having, I think you said earlier, like these vague yes. conversations. And we Ooh. stay at like a 5,000 yeah. foot level instead of getting down to the nitty gritty. And that's the yeah. coming together of the mind. That's a contract. That is, without that, you're... You're going to be like this. We yeah, got you, one of you our get gridlock. You get gridlock. It's not whether or not you have conflict. It's that how you're going to work through it mm. and be able to have those. You're going to have conflict. It's going to be perpetual. Some of it will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, is how you're navigating and sharing those realities and not having vague. So in this, if it had been like, oh, we're having a conference and it's going to be big. Right. Yes. What does big mean? What does big mean? So for Melissa, big is a thousand people. Right. For Kevin, it's five thousand. Ten thousand. Like, it needs to be mega it fest. Oh, yeah. yeah, it did. It this is what happened. Here. <laughs> Why can't it be Megafest? Because I'm not TD Jakes. So because you just said three or five. <laughs> but but you guys know that number, right? Mm-hmm. And it, that's each important. of us knows our own number. But you now know each other's numbers. Each other's numbers. numbers. Yes. That's the coming That's together. The coming I'm gonna together. Tell you, I will tell you how we had one of our worst arguments ever, and it just crystallized in my mind because of what you said. Years ago, uh, we had two cars. Um, mine broke down. Okay, on, on the freeway to a shoot, it broke down. And then it was like the clutch. So it was like something, our transmission, something expensive, like more than the car was worth. So I told Melissa, hey, we're going to have to get a new car because this went out, right? So she didn't necessarily agree or disagree, right? She's she was, actually I was like I need a way to get around. I didn't say we need a new car. So I I'm going to go look for cars. I come back. I bought a car, right? Because in my mind, it's obvious we need a new car. I never said that clearly to her. I said I'm going to go look and check out some prices, and then left and this came back with not, a car. This was not a good situation. Mm. No, <laughs> and I just realized why. In yeah. my mind, tell us it your was, revelation. Melissa Share. was working a regular job. I was working, doing shoots and stuff, so I had to travel to Santa Monica. I had to travel to Santa Monica two or three times a week at this time. And she was working here, right? So I take the boys to school, then go to Santa Monica. In my mind, it's 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 impossible for us to, for me to get paid if I can't get to these places. It's before Uber, which is crazy. Um, it's before it's Uber or anything though. like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But what I realized is, Melissa never, we never even said, okay, this car broke down. What if you take me to work? And I and and then you go to you know and, and then I'll find a way home or whatever. We never even went through the things. It was just in my mind we have to get a new car, and in her mind we have to we have to arrange new transportation that may yeah. end up being a new car, but it shouldn't be the first thing off the rip. And if we do need a new car, do we need to buy a brand new car? Do we need to lease a car? Do we need to spend a thousand dollars and buy a little beater? But since we never had that conversation, we never had the conversation at all. So that when I came back issue. with the car, we, yeah, she was really upset and i'm like why this car's broken i need to get to these shoots obviously i need a new car that's not obvious though no there's other ways to achieve that goal but i never shared my reality with her and she never shared her reality with me i didn't give her an opportunity to i'm not blaming her Mm -hmm. i absolutely just went and bought a car because i got a good deal i had my credit i had sweats on they're like oh your credit is this it's gonna be like 229 and the craziest thing about it nicole (laughs) When I came back, I was expecting her to thank me. Ah, yeah. Thank that you, Kev. For, oh, what? That's it went the it. whole other way. Not only did she not thank me for getting a lease, because we had never leased a car before. I was like, this is a great deal. My dad was proud. And the thing here's where family comes in, which is interesting. My dad was proud because he's like, oh, leasing is smart for you guys. But he didn't have the whole scope of the situation. Right. And he didn't know I didn't talk to him. Listen, whether he agreed or not, it's irrelevant if I didn't have a conversation with my wife because mm-hmm. I don't live with my dad. 
But it just became clear. We've talked, we referenced this before, but it never came clear because we never had that meeting of the minds. Right. Absolutely. We never said, how are we going to solve this car problem? Because I never even looked into seeing how much it costs to get the car fixed. And you know what's interesting um, with that is that I think a lot of times we say something and already have actions behind and those actions aren't clearly articulated to the spouse. And there again, there's no meeting of the minds. So you may say, um, the car broke down, but what you're really trying to communicate is we need a new car. I'm going to go look today. Yes. And I didn't hear that. I do that. And so again, there's no meaning of the mind. So my expectation or interpretation, my reality of we need a new car is, okay, we need a new car. Later on tonight, we're going to talk about steps to resolve this issue. Your interpretation is we need a new car. I need an action step, which means I'm going to the dealership. I'm going to come home with a new car. Problem will be solved. I'm over here. You're over here. You know what's funny about this? The car salesman tried to save me. He was like, hey, I know you're married. Do you need to check in with your wife? Because a lot of times what happens is people don't talk about it. He said that? He Smart said man. But he, ego first reaction. We're, I ain't got to check with uh, nobody, boy. Chow, you was trying to get in trouble. <laughs> Who paying for this? Hello? I'm paying for it. I ain't asking for her help on the car. Don't disrespect. He's like, okay, hey, hey. Because I don't, he, as a dealer, he's like, I don't want you to come back and be trying to turn this car in because you can't. You gonna be mad at me when your wife says no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he tr- smart. He tried to save me, but I was like, "Are we good?" Because it's a meeting of it's the whatever. mind. It's a you meeting of the mind. In. Yeah, you're gonna have to meet yes. together. The and meeting of the ha- mind. You have to have that that uh, shared. Um, you have to communicate your reality so that way you can now have a shared reality. Exactly. When I am over here and you are over here, I'm telling you, you are brewing for a fireworks. Reality. Right. No. And you want to, if you look at a human, whole person is mind, body, spirit, the relationship, mind, body, spirit. So the body part, people focus on that in relationships mm-hmm. and creating a lot of heart space as well. But you need to have that mind. You need to have that cognitive space for your relationship. Oh, I like that. And you have to share that. People mm. We can't read minds. We can't read mm-hmm. minds. All right, Kev, we're taking the pen out. Scheduled sex. Scheduled, Scheduled sex. sex. So here's the thing about it. How can mean how many times can you do it? No, I'm joking. <laughs> so I was against this at first. I was against this. I'm gonna tell you why. And you know what? If we're being completely honest, you were guys, against the idea of scheduling yes. sex. Okay. I, I hate to admit this, but this is a podcast of truth and honesty. A lot of my views of sex came from movies. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Wait, are you saying in theory or in B? I was concurring with okay. your last statement. In <laughs> movies, it's always like <laughs> Uh, poof, knock stuff down middle of the day uh, and they always put their hands on faces which I don't think real people just like mm, hands on face boom sex sex against the washing machine and I was just like man that's mm-hmm, I like that I want to be doing that <laughs> but then when you're like in actual life first of all during the day people are working for the right. most part at night the kids are walking in yeah, 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 I ain't had no dinner why y'all put it away <laughs> that's hard to be in the mood when there's snot nosed kids like can you approve that game I asked for it doesn't even cost nothing but the in-app purchases are three million dollars so, so true. i've come around to the idea of scheduled sex but i don't think scheduled sex doesn't have to mean boring right it can mean that i look forward to this uh-huh. i'm preparing this so me and melissa talked about this a couple years ago one of the things that i had to come to realize is that uh, especially when she was working full-time and actually maybe even worse now because the thing about full-time work at least you could leave some of that at work 
Like, yeah, Melissa's it, job was yeah, one of those yeah, after five, it's over. With this tour stuff mm-hmm. and planning a conference, I mean, you get an email, and in her mind, it's like, laptop, yeah. packing shirts, whatever. It's like, and you know what, Melissa? We have stopped what we were supposed to do. We were stopped, we we're supposed to stop working at, at seven. seven. And we have not been doing right. that. We've You're been right. working, and it's because the work be building up for right. like so much. Yeah. And you'd be like, it's like if you don't get it done, it's just in the back of your head. Like I gotta pack shirts, I gotta do these emails. Yeah. But we need to get back to Amen, establishing our our cutoff times because we've both been bad about that. But what she was saying is when we s- schedule sex, it allows her to know. Okay, hey, I've got to turn my mind. I've got to finish X, Y, and Z before this. I need to cook this dinner because it's an easy cleanup. Whatever it is for her that day, um that's what has to happen so I can get my mind in the mood for sex mm-hmm. as opposed to like, oh, you want to have sex? Huh, fine. You know, that type of thing. Like, we actually just started planning date nights. Um, we've probably been a, a month Couple strong. Maybe, okay, maybe, good maybe, job. Yeah, every week. Yes. Even since the tour. Weekly activity. And today I'm just like, man, she's going out of town tomorrow. I'm going out of town Friday. We got to get somebody to watch the boys. And we're still doing date night. But I feel like, especially because we haven't been doing the seven o'clock stuff, like you have to make time for each other that's not work related, right. whether dating or sex, because otherwise you just be working together or living together, coexisting, and you're like missing a key ingredient of your relationship, right. um, which is the sexual part. And when you do have it, it's not, you know, great. So how do you make like a, a scheduled sex not suck? And how can you schedule a lot of it? This is what you just did. <laughs> You're is- such a dork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about the lot of it. That is is between the two of you two. But it's what you just said, where you're able to talk about why you weren't open to it at first or what it meant to you. Or even talking about the images from the movies, which is so funny, because if you break down those sex scenes, there's someone that's like, cut. Those were scheduled. Like, those were completely scheduled. There's a girl And not just that. This is actually immediately when I thought of. Most of the times, movies are written and directed and film from a man's perspective and so what's often missed is what the woman needs so what i was just thinking when you were talking about scheduling sex is ensuring that it's not just an appointment for the woman to show up to fulfill her husband's needs but it's a whole day or whatever affair so that the woman is able to connect Mm -hmm. with her husband before the the appointed time because otherwise we're scheduled and all it's going to do is now going to be an appointment on the calendar but the result in the bedroom is going to be the same which is she's going to feel disconnected she's yeah. not going to feel like mm-hmm. the intimacy like she's not going to feel any of that it's just now on the calendar i know i have to do it on this day versus are we gonna do it this day you know what i mean like have fun with it make it a date there's actually there's a tv show called parenthood where they scheduled sex mm. and what they titled it was funky town which but it's being able to have fun with it and to make it your own and not have funky it to town. not have it being boring mm-hmm. being able to communicate throughout the day but this can be not just for those scheduled moments, but where you are connecting. Maybe you're sending cute little text messages or, or sexy text messages. Like nudes? Would you recommend that? <laughs> so this that? is a campaign, Nicole. I don't know how many uh, podcast <laughs> Send episodes. Send him a nude. Send him a nude. How many podcast episodes you've listened I've to? I've listened to a few. Have and you this listened has to? Been an ongoing. It sounds yes, like. this is we an ongoing issue. Literally on our social me- on our social media <laughs> account. At least on my. I don't know if Kev's being no, trolled. Nobody. Okay, Nobody so they're trolls trolling me, me in my say, DMs. They we stand with you, brother. They're <laughs> trolling me in my DMs on some of my pictures and on Facebook um, to send Kevin a nude. And um, I am 
I am an uh, I don't know. I'm just weird with it. I just very very weird. I don't know why. I'm just very weird. We just touch and agree and remove the spirit of fear. Amen. We're gonna pray right now. We're Father gonna have God, in the name of Jesus. I can't stand remove you. the spirit of fear, Father God. You made this body beautiful, Father God. You made it for the eyes. Amen. The bounties and the curvature, Father God, and we love it. Remove that fear from her mind, God. Send the electronic picture, Father God. Jehovah Thickness. I call upon you right now. The Bible said God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of courage and a sound mind. Be strong in your nude sending. Press hard. I want to tell you why your prayer just hit the ceiling and came back down. (laughs) Because you called my savior. Jehovah Thickness. No, no, I was just wondering his name. You got El Shaddai. No, Elohim. he recognizes that. He Thickness. says hello to El Shaddai. <laughs> Jehovah Thickness. Rafa. He slammed the door in your face. <laughs> Jehovah Thickness. He's around the family. He ain't official, but he'd be at the barbecue. <laughs> he's offering no, he's granting no prayer requests, I assure you. Um, so anyway, that is a campaign. But, but you do think sending nudes is healthy for relationships? If both partners. No, no, don't say that. <laughs> Because I send them all the time. If both partners are in agreement, that's it's being able to have that. It's talking about. So another thing as far as communication and not being vague, some people have non-negotiables that mm. they think are universal and they aren't. But right. so being able to com- communicate around that is different. If you're not comfortable and if it feels like it's a non-negotiable, it's a hard line, yeah. being able to explain that and then also for Kevin to explain like what's going on for him because what the meaning is. It's sure. not about the nude. It's the meaning that's attached. Right. Oh, that's my so gosh. I think it. that is so important. Even in... Uh-huh. Uh, well, no, I was going to say that even in um, conflict resolution and conf- uh, conflict resolution and sex and, and really just like in all like relationships, um, Will Smith or Jada, one of them said that expectation is the primary cause of disappointment. Something Will. along mm-hmm. it was Will, something along those lines. And I feel like that is often the case where you were saying it's not just about. Um, I expect this and I think that this should be like a universal thing. Wives should send their husbands nudes. And I'm like, what do you mean that's universal? It ain't. I never heard. <laughs> so being able to have that dialogue and then also being able to digest what's behind it. Because mm-hmm. you're right. It yeah. really isn't just about the nude. It's more about how I feel about it or my body or whatever. Like mm-hmm. there's always something behind it and being able to have that discussion. And honestly, that's often what happens in like conflict. It's not about the kitchen being dirty it's mm-hmm. maybe about i want you to I want feel, to do the dishes well not even just that i want you to uh, i mean it could be but well, if you're fine, expecting sex at the end of the night recognizing the burden of the household chores that has to happen and that's all placed on me can you help me in this yeah. you know what i mean yes um that expectation you know just being able to fully articulate this is the act but this is how i feel behind that act right. and that it just drives a conversation. No, it is. It's, a, it's expectations. And um, there was another therapist who actually talked about that, where when people say, oh, communication is the number one thing in relationships mm. when it goes awry, it's not communication. It's actually expectations. I agree. And whether or not those are unmet um, or unrealistic and you're not talking about those. Because yes. what I'm hearing from you is you want to stay sexually connected to your wife while you're on the road. Yes. What yes. I'm hearing from you. That's what I want. <laughs> what I'm hearing from you Titties. is that I'm not comfortable because I don't know in this day and age, and you've actually said this, that somebody might snatch it. 
Yes. Out Ain't of nobody the cyberverse. It it's, it's encrypted. A, it's a true I got fear. A, I got a whole special app for this. And so it's a fear. And that, yeah. So fear is trumping where it's like, I want to be sexually connected yes. to you while you're gone. What are some other things that the two of you can do? That's how you reach resolution. So I want to say sexually connected to you uh, when I'm finna be gone. How can I? I can take the picture on my phone. Then it's not be getting lost. Right? Because you can't go through the cloud if it's... I'm done with this conversation with you. Why are you turning it off? I, I said the same thing she said. I'm trying to set an expectation. I could buy a Polaroid camera. I could take it and it cannot be lost in the Polaroid cloud. camera is a better option than you taking Josh, it. Josh, Best Buy now. <laughs> Prime delivered now. I will pay $1,000 if it can be in my hand yeah, in two minutes. Planned. They are. But you know what? I have other thoughts. So hold that. We'll talk later. All right. Let's finish this episode. Okay. So this is the... This is the yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Nicole. You can find her on Instagram somewhere. Love our conference. Bye, 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 bye. <laughs> bye 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 whatever whatever we'll see you there later. was movement where you guys <laughs> were good yes yeah. there was movement where was we were good and i Nicole. think that was good <laughs> you okay. guys your way awesome. and go. <laughs> this is the the last question and i think it ties in very nicely into what we're talking about now and that is how do you keep the spice in your relationship and i'll make that the last question so i'll give you my definition mm-hmm. um because I'd be thinking about y'all questions and be thinking I'd be knowing stuff. So I believe that spice is the direct relation between excitement and connection. Mm. So in the beginning of I did. That's good. You did. Thank you. Um, So I think you have a lot of spice in the beginning of a relationship because there's a lot of excitement behind it because it's new. It's a new experience. You're a new person. I'm learning something about you. Like all of those things are occurring. I don't know all the chemicals that happen in your brain and your body that makes you all excited because this is all a new experience for you. And because of all of that, we're we're learning each other. So we're going out on a lot of dates. We're spending a lot of time together. We're on the phone. We're texting. We're doing all of these things. So there's that connection piece. Yeah. And those two together build or create spice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Naturally, we're like the woman's feeling like super, super connected. So like her sexual, you know, juices are flowing. The man, like everything is just like working really, really well. But in a relationship where you've been in it for a while, that's naturally going to wane just because life and time. Really, it's just mm-hmm. time. Like we've been together for just using Kevin and I, we've been together for, you know, 15 years. When we first got t- together, we didn't have kids. We got kids now. That's an added component to the relationship. We weren't um we were in school. We had college, so we just went to cl- clocked in for school for three hours, and that was that was like our day. And we took so many naps. Like man. we just oh was chilling, um, and now we have responsibilities. We right. have work. We have bills. We have outside engagements and business and all of these things, and it can pull from the opportunity to connect. And so, how do you rekindle that? Um, that spice, so to speak, realizing or even just like reconciling that you that time that you had in the beginning, you're not going to get back just as a function of time. You can't get back. So how do you rekindle or recreate that spice knowing that you can't like get that chemical reaction in your mm-hmm. brain? 
It's being able to bring that into your awareness and being intentional about that. A lot of times this is where expectation comes in, where it's like, oh, we have to get back to. But what you mentioned, how you can't get back there. We're not time travelers. Mm. So you're already putting too heavy of an expectation saying we have to get back to point X or Y, especially if it was in the beginning of a relationship. I want to pause you and let you know that's a fantastic point. I thought so, too. Because you are in a different place in your life. Yes. Right. The factors of just say kids only. Right. That you that time is not the same. Mm-mm. There is nobody I'm just right now we I know in the back of my head we have to finish within the next 40 minutes because mm-hmm. we have to get Jojo yeah. and get Zay Zay. Yeah. And then Jojo has practice on Thursday. So that was something we never had to think about. Just practice today. Before she got pregnant. Does he? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I know, but coach text like right before the podcast. I know I was sad to keep going. So, <laughs> but I think in our minds, we, when we go back and say, we got to get back to this, right. we forget what that time is. And some of those factors can't be changed. Exactly. So, you know, like losing weight, for example, um, the, the one time I lost a lot of weight, very easy job. Kids were small. Didn't go to school yet. Just drop them off at daycare. Uh, no, I wasn't doing videos. I wasn't doing plays. I wasn't doing stand up. I literally had mm. nothing to do, but go to work. So I, it was easy and it was a routine. We never went out of town and I got, could yeah. work out two times a day, every day, nothing ever changed. And I've always been saying, man, if I could just get back to that. But now I travel four days a week, most weeks. Um, just today, I was going to go to the gym. My son had to go uh, to the doctor. She couldn't take him because mm-hmm. she had to get ready for this. So now because I have to take him, I can't go to the, you know what I mean? That right. And that would have never happened, you know, nine years ago when I was last in shape. <laughs> so I think that's a really important distinction to make is you can't get back to something, but you can create an environment for something that works now yes. based on how your life is set up now. And it might be better. And it might be mm. better. It might be better. And people are so, sometimes we get so stuck on holding on to getting back to what was, which is impossible. Right. Instead of doing stuff that might feel difficult in this present moment of where it can be better. Mm -hmm. One of the things you said um, when we were talking before we started was getting a a series of new beginnings and new endings. Can you expound on that? I thought that was so good. So within within (laughs) a long term with relationship or marriage is that you're going to have a series of endings and beginnings. So sometimes people think about, oh, well, this feels like an ending. So we're getting divorced. And it's not necessarily that you need to get divorced. Your marriage might need to be new to that same person. And it's being able to have those restarts and recognizing that that's just part of the flow. We do that as humans as individuals so yeah. we're going to do that in a couple relationship where it's like okay this is an ending of one phase now we're beginning a new one having children people who are parents have seen that like mm-hmm. you've ended being a childless couple now you have children mm-hmm. this is now a new beginning to your relationship mm-hmm. to your marriage and being able to honor that instead of i mean you can mourn the loss of what used to be but being able to honor how you are and so what we talked about is creating some novel situations mm-hmm. in the present like travel so you two talked about going to hawaii yeah that's a novel situation where you can have some excitement there you can create that feeling but the kids gonna be there though (laughs) (laughs) you you can still be excited with Mm. them or put them in like are you oh they get their own kids camp no they have their own room they have their own room they have their own room but still get away (laughs) one thing i think is so funny novel situations i always talk about the importance of experiencing new things 
things together yes. as a couple. Yeah. couple. Um, I've never tied it together with spice, but I could see that that mm-hmm. it's it's what is the chemical reaction? Oxytocin, endorphin, endorphin. There's endorphins, Oxytocin. all the feel good chemicals when you first meet someone, okay. and so that first phase, those usually the first three months, is infatuation. Okay, so mm-hmm. all of those feel good. Your tr- what your you, okay. So Take many, your time, baby. So many thoughts. So <laughs> many all right. Thoughts. Hey, hey. We think that it is important to capture those beginning um, moments. So that's why we always think we need to go back. Mm -hmm. We need to go back to this time. Even it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. So my my parents are now divorced. They were married for 25 years or something. 20 some odd. Something plus or minus. And one thing my mom has said since their divorce is – um, and even now, sometimes she'll random be like, I would think I want to move back to Germany or I want to move back to Hawaii. Hawaii and Germany were really good times. Oh. Girl, what? Family life. Hawaii specifically, my dad had just converted and like gave his life to Christ. Their relationship was the best I'd ever seen it. My, mm-hmm. um, all of those things, they had money at that time in their lives because Hawaii, the cost of living is higher. So the military just gives yeah, you a whole bunch of money. All that was really good. Me and my sisters were older. So there was a lot more freedom. Like it was just a really good time. Um, Germany, my dad got saved right before we left Germany. Like actually Germany in the beginning was kind of rough for my parents, but toward the end is right when he like really got saved. And then we went to Hawaii. It was like the full manifestation. So now when she is like, I want to go back, what she's trying to do revelation. I just got is capture that goodness that she ties with those places Mm -hmm. instead of recognizing that's an end. And I need to create and capture you can create and capture those feelings, but in a new way. Exactly. It's looking at what the feeling is because feelings mm. come and go. Yes. So if the feeling was excitement, how can you recreate that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is so good. I'm still in awe of that. Right? Yes. You've heard her say that before. Yes, I never put two and two. I, I was just like, that is random. Why yeah. do you want to go overseas? Then you're supposed to watch the kids this summer? Hello. That was my personal <laughs> fear. Like, oh. But man. it's right. And I think in relationships, I think that's a powerful yes. revelation because you will never, because the fact of the matter is, we're not time travelers. Right. And you cannot go back. Can't go and back. so instead and of trying to is, fight, sorry. instead of trying to fight time, accepting that and learning to create what did we have then we had excitement we had new things we had connection those are things that we need to try to recreate in this moment in this space today and not try to like go back to pre-kids because your kids ain't going nowhere newsflash and if you don't prepare for moments that are ending they things that should be good can be bad like our children are 12 and 10 now and they promised they were just five and three so in, in a short period of time, they're going to be college age, yes. which either means they're moving away to college or moving out or at, at minimum, not very dependent on us. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to find babysitters. We have to save them, you know. So now you have opportunity for an uh, empty nest situation that if you don't prepare for you, this is a negative thing. Because one of Melissa's and our greatest fear mm-hmm. was we were just mom and dad, not husband and wife. You right. know, it's just soccer and this and projects and recitals or whatever the case is. And then they, kids are like, man, thanks. You guys raised us great. See ya. Going to start my family. Right. And then it's just like, hold on. We still got, you know, we're at, at, we'll are we be 42, I think, when both of our kids are 
I, I don't know school, ages. I don't uh, do math. I mean, out of high school. <laughs> it was 10. So in eight years, how old will we be? Do you really doing this math right now? Yeah, That's a great age to yeah. be. Oh, it's the best part of losing our youngness. <laughs> being able to have old kids early. Because our kids are like, you know, all of our friends' parents are like 40 now. And we're like, yeah, I don't know. Because we had them at 23. And that was late. Right. When we had our kids, everybody already had kids. But the point I was saying is that's a new experience. Because, mm-hmm. like, not having kids in the house ever is not the same as having kids that have moved out. Yes. Right. You know what I mean? So we're going to have to get used to a whole new newness, you know, walking around the house naked. All right. <laughs> I look forward. But I got no, eight years left. But you plan for it together and being able to talk about that. Because that, that is something that happens. And mm-hmm. sometimes the relationship ends up in other people's eyes looking like it fell apart. But what happened is it wasn't intended to during all those years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was just built for that point in time of right. raising children and nothing adjusted to allocate for your children are gone. Now, now what? Yeah, you because make those really, adjustments. you want to be able to make those adjustments because we, I think as parents, sometimes we forget that our children are temporary. They're temporary and they're just travelers. in the house. Home. In the house. I mean, they'll always I mean. be our children. They're, right. But they're travelers through your home. You raise them, you rear them. You prepare them and then they move on and we get caught up in those roles that we forget that one day they're going to be gone and you don't want to be looking at a stranger. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So you have to tend to the relationship as husband and wife and not just the relationship with the kids, because otherwise that that is when you're so much of your identity is caught up in being a mother or a father when your kids do leave the house because they gonna leave. Kids, they, they want to better. get home. They want to I don't move know. out. The way things are going now, they ain't going to leave till they're 30. Hello? People, uh, houses are expensive. Nah, they don't want to leave. I mean, maybe they come back. But the point is when they do leave the house and you've only Stay seen gone. yourself as mother or father, the, your identity is now gone with them. Yes. And right. you have to adjust its ending and finding a new beginning. And yes. that can be hard if you've only identified yourself as mom during those you right. know parenting years you're gonna forever be mom it's you will forever that, be right with- it's the shifting but you're also wife yes you're also melissa yes so it's being able to hold space for all that being able to hold space for all that i love that any other last thoughts nope miss nicole thank you for having me oh you were welcome <laughs> thank you, you for being on to today's episode yeah you were thank you so much thank you guys everyone for sending in your questions do you have social media I do. I have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. They're all at Nicole LMFT12. At Nicole LMFT12. We will put that in the show notes, Kev. Don't forget. Okay. Okay. Um, and you do you do any um, like virtual, do you offer virtual counseling? Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Not so yet. in person. So she is located in California. Uh, Altadena area. So if any of our listeners are interested, are you taking, listen, I'm about to try That's to okay. get you. <laughs> are you taking so my, pra- my practice is in downtown LA downtown, and LA. in um, Pasadena. Okay. I can always refer people when I'm full. Okay. Um, and, and that's how that goes. And okay. I have workshops and stuff too. Okay, cool. So you can find Nicole <laughs> at Nicole LMFT12. We will tag her in um, the show notes so that way you can find her. If you're in the California, Southern California area and you're looking for a therapist, definitely reach out if she is full because she stayed full and booked and busy. Um, she can definitely recommend you over. Thank you so much thank for being you. on today's episode. <laughs> I have you. thoroughly enjoyed you. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Open Fit, for sponsoring today's um, podcast. If you would like to join our or 30 day challenge make sure that you text um love to 30 30 30 see you in the next episode